Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Shriners Open from Vegas. As usual, I am here with my favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambly. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What is up, my friend? I'm excited. Uh, Another good event. We almost had it last week, Kenny. We had the Canadian-Korean combo, and then it just completely disappeared from the leaderboard. We did have it going, though, for a minute there. A guy even tagged us up on Twitter. Looked solid, disappeared. We'll talk about that in a minute, though. We will get into it. Obviously, Sam Burns gets his second win. But before we do, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. We'll have a special offer later on from DraftKings. We'll get into that when we go into the DFS tiers. And then also Fantasy National. FantasyNational.com slash FGD. We'll be using that today, talking about some stats. A lot of history at this course. So things that we know, things we can bring up. We'll get into that as well when we get into it. So, Kenny, let's talk about it. Sam Burns. Gets a second W, loses strokes putting, and still closes the door and gets the job done. So we've seen a lot of that lately. And then also Horschel a couple weeks ago, now Sam Burns, sort of the Ryder Cup guys that didn't get picked. They're a little feisty after that. They're wanting to show themselves coming out and getting some Ws. Sam Burns does it again. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Burns is sort of cementing himself as one of the better golfers in the world at this moment. It was his second win in his last five months, runner-up in between there. Uh, the guy actually finished like 58, 57th out of 68th in strokes game putting for the week, but he was first in strokes game approach, second in strokes game tee to green. Uh, so the ball striking was there. Uh, he was he was pretty pretty solid. Uh, I remember last week on the podcast. If you if you hopefully pay attention when I talked myself into Sam Burns uh, last week, I was like, wow, it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, and then by Wednesday, I talked myself back into Willie Z. So it didn't work out for me. <laughs> But uh, hopefully it worked out for you all uh, degen- degenerates out there. And you had a little bit of Sam Burns uh, to, to, to round out your lineup to get that W. I mean, other guys who played well this past week, uh, Nick Watney coming out, playing that uh, – is he playing like a top 50 money exemption uh, for the season? Uh, got a second place here, which is, you know, I think a, a few – a couple of hundred uh, FedEx points. I mean, last year I think the, the, the cutoff was around 350, 380. Uh, around 400 FedEx points to make it to the 125. I mean, another runner-up, a couple more top fives in this long season. Watney uh, could get his car back, uh, you know, after being sort of in the in the doldrums uh, for 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 the last couple of years. Um, you had um, you know the young guy, Young and Buckley. Buckley, who was a uh, member of the course, I think uh, what's his name. Ben Coley had him at like 250 to one uh, each way. So, I mean, Ben is just an amazing guy. We've had him on the show. One of our most downloaded podcasts of all time, uh, the Open Championship podcast a few years ago. Uh, that was also when I was hitting like 86% of my cash game cornerstones and winning like 75% of my cash game. It was the most ridiculous year uh, of my life. I've been trying to get back to that point. Uh, hasn't gotten there yet, but in the three or four, the last two events in my cash game cornerstones uh, making the cut the, 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 both the MC, uh this MC this past week um, was Anabon Lahiri. He, he missed a cut on the number uh, hard, all the par, all four par fives on, on Friday. So I was a little bit tilted uh, when it came to that, but you know, when he only got about 3% um, getting uh, 66 through, it's not bad. 
for the first couple of weeks. We'll see if we can keep on trekking up that that way. Other guys who played well. I mean, Norlander looks good. I think he's viable again this week. Uh, Siwoo was the best Korean Thigala. Uh, he, he was strong. He was up there before he faded a little bit towards the end. But you got to think he's a youngster. Uh, he'll, he'll learn here in a second. Oh, my bad. And so, um, oh, yeah. What do you think? Of the Always event the there, second brother? one. Always the second one. Always. What do you think of the event there, brother? Yeah, I thought it was good. A lot of, lot of thoughts. Thigala, Thigala. That's always what I think about when I think about Sahith. He had a great little event. Obviously, didn't turn out on Sunday, but good to see him back up there. A lot of these names up there. I love you said the young guy, young. Cameron Young, great player. Awesome on the Corn Ferry Tour. He had two wins over there and then comes out here. And then the funny part to me, the Nick Watney thing. First of all, he gained like so many strokes putting. I don't even know how many, but... The other part is this is why, you know, when we get to playoffs time, everyone always says how the system is so broken. Like you said, it's like 350 or something to get in, 400. This guy already picks up a couple hundred right out of the gate and probably will be able to somehow coast in there. And he's the guy. People are like, how the hell is Nick Watney even in these things when the time comes around? Yeah, remember way back at the start of swing season when he almost shipped? That's how it get how they get there. So it is kind of broken, but funny to see. Uh, Burns, though, definitely sort of – some of the stuff we'll talk about today will coincide with it, but these young guys that are getting the monkey off their back, or even in some cases, so Homa, I know that he won at Riviera, the the Genesis there, and that was his second, but now when he came out just recently, just closer, gets the job done, feels good about it. This is Burns getting his second. Uh, Finau got his second. I expect we'll see a big season out of him. It's not like he didn't have a million chances last season. He's not here this week, but just to give ideas of these guys that once they sort of get something going, we see it continue. Harris English, who we talk about, feels like every week, Harris English is the new web. We bring this up all the time. And I got a bone to pick with him just because he didn't really stick up for me like I stuck up for him. I thought he was a little more fiery when I saw him, you know, pumping fists and getting into that playoff with Kramer Hickok, going and busting his ass over eight holes to take that thing down against the young guy trying to get his first W. And then I see him at the dogs game over the weekend, given the most absolute terrible little fist bumps and high fives that you could ever give in your life. Absolutely no fire. So I can't even play him this week because of that. I'll just say that. I can't do it, man. Harris English didn't show me much. And then Buckley, the the joke, what is it? Tastes like shit, but it works. Uh, definitely didn't think about him until later in the week last week. Talked about him on the Wednesday show over at Run Pure Sports. But you mentioned it, Ben Coley, not only Ben Coley, but also our guy Sundog Monkey was on him. And I'll bring him up again later too. Two different guys that I trust very, you know, very much with my money when it comes to these long shots. And so I got a little bit of that each way action before the week was up. That sort of saved my betting week. Wasn't enough to make up for my DFS week, though, Kenny. It was a bad week for six out of six. A lot of guys, like I said, looked good. Almost the same Buckley effect. Looked good and then tasted like, tasted like shit, but it works, except the opposite. Looked good and then tasted like shit in the end because it didn't work. And that was guys like Connors that fell down. Uh, Roger Sloan. I wasn't playing Varner in, or Tringali. They crept up the board. So I don't know. It'll be interesting going into this week. But bottom line, Sam Burns, he's a closer, man. Lost strokes putting, still got the W. Yeah, a couple of things. Three guys you got to follow uh, across the pond. Uh, you named We named two already. Ben Coley, um, Sundog Martin, Martin, and Steve Banford. Uh, yeah. I, Steve actually helped me make my one of my cash game cornerstone picks because I was struggling uh, trying to find – uh, one of them. So I, I went with one of his picks and just tailed him. So I'm tailing Steve for that one. Um, other things that you might want to take a peek at. Um, Harold Varner's been playing really good golf. Um, a bunch of top 20s 
Uh, I think swing season time, this is his time to win. I don't think he's playing this week, uh, but when he comes back, uh, he's somebody to keep an eye on every week. Um, hopefully he plays in a field that is a little bit stronger than last year, so his price is down. But uh, it's another guy that I am looking at as the swing season goes by to keep an eye on uh, who I think can do pretty well. Yeah, two, two more quick notes on that. Matthew Wolf, another yep. guy like that, just sort of, you know, we I know he had a little bit of the mental down or whatever you want to call it, where he was sort of wasn't in the game with his head. He talked about it very openly, but that's nice to see him bounce back and have himself a little bit of a nice run. It was only a T-17 to say only, but still good to see him back up there and get him up on the leaderboards over the weekend. And then also the other guy was, um, who was it that I was just thinking of? I was going to say, um, let me look at my list here. I apologize, but... Oh, Will Zalatoris. Guy gained a stroke. He never putts well. This is just a problem for him. It's going to be a problem. I want to see him get his first win as well. Obviously an absolute talent. We all love him. But man, this guy finally gained strokes with the putter and still can't even crack a top 10. It's just, I don't know if he can make enough birdies. And I think that's interesting, Kenny, because when we see Will Zalatoris, all the conversation is around his top fives at the majors. But those are at the majors where you don't need to put up. 20 or 25 under. So while it's funny enough, you'd think in these events, it would be his time to shine and he could shove this right down my throat this week and dominate. But I'm just saying, even when he finally gets the putter going, which I've always talked about was his challenge on the corn Ferry tour, web tour, whatever you want to call it back then where he couldn't make enough putts. He just couldn't get the putter hot enough and you need it to go low in those events. It's not taken away from how talented or good he is at the game of golf. I'm just saying when you expect him to dominate these 22 under fields, it's not always going to be the case. He's going to score enough, but I think in daily fantasy, it's one reason to bring his price into effect when you're looking at him each week. He did finish second here last year. Yep. Uh, he can so, do it. I mean, he, like I said, it's just funny enough done, but... that all the times you watch him, it, he doesn't close. And it's typically because of that. Even when he gets the putter going, he doesn't crack it. So we'll, we'll have to see how he goes this week. We'll talk about him for sure. When we get into the tears. All right. Um, no listener league again. We're going to work on that Tambo uh, Tambo's uh, on the fast track to get that done. We'll get it in here soon. We'll have our tournament of the champions. We'll get all that done here. Uh, so let's just get to this week, I guess, since since uh, we were on. Let's let's start off. The PGA Tour heads to uh, it's their Vegas swing. A couple of events back to back here uh, in Vegas the next couple of weeks. Uh, a lot of maiden victories here uh, at the Shriners. Twelve of the last twenty winners got their first PGA Tour win. Six of the last thirteen. Um, Lots of local ties uh, here. I mean, Vegas has become like the Jupiter of the West. Um, we have a lot of guys that live out here. Kevin Nam, Piercy, oh, okay, Clark, um, Tringali, Wise, just to name a few. There's a bunch more uh, that play out here. Um, so, you know, Summerlin, TPC Summerlin, 7,225 yard par 71, four par threes, three par fives. Of course, place a lot shorter. Uh, than the yard. It's about 2,000 feet above sea level. Uh, golf balls travel anywhere from 8 to 10% uh, percent farther uh, at this range. Uh, two of the three, uh, two of the three par 5s are reachable by all. Even the third one, which is going to be over 600 yards, many golfers will still be able to reach just because of the altitude and how far uh, the ball travels uh, in that thin air. Um, outside of the 230-yard par uh, eighth hole, uh, the par threes aren't too long, especially when you take into account the altitude. Uh, the fifth and the 17th hole around 195, and the 14th is only about six, uh, 165. Uh, par four is short, uh, you know, as well. Uh, the, the, only the second, third, 
and the uh, they're only a second and third are over 450 yards. Uh, seven of the other part fours are between 400 and 450. Uh, two are under 400 with the with the 15th hole possibly being drivable. Off the tee golfers are going to see fairly wide treeland fairways uh, tighten up a bit after the 300 yard marker with a few fairway bunkers and light rough. They redid uh, the bunkers out here recently, I think 2018, to try and avoid the bomb and gouge technique that a lot of golfers have used. I mean, it sort of worked, uh, but it sort of brought everybody into the fold now. Uh, you know, and basically anybody can win this tournament. It makes it a little bit tough uh, trying to pin everything out. I mean, I personally, I think uh, you know, driving accuracy tends to be a little bit more important here. You wouldn't think so, but it, it is. When you look at the stats of the past winners, uh, a lot of driving accuracy is uh, is very important. I mean, just looking at the number, uh, you know, I think uh, a lot of short hitters have fared well since 2016. You know, five golfers have shot 61 or better. Uh, at TPC Summerlin, you know, Pamplin, Molinari, Reeve, Clover, and Nah, these guys aren't long guys. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're pretty short off the team. They, they all shot 61 or better. Um, you know, you're going to have green regulation, of course, is going to be important here. I think uh, when it comes down to the guys that made the cut, uh, I think 75% uh, green regulation percentage of the, of the golfers that make the cut. Uh, but I think the overall is around 55, 60 uh, so, you know, iron play, um, wedges, uh, driving accuracy, birdies, uh, birdie or better. Uh, that's all going to be important here. Uh, the fairies are pretty firm, uh, you know, because of the arid weather. So you're going to get a little bit of rollout. So, again, that's going to favor. Uh, it's going to help out these shorter guys to, to compete. Uh, trees are spaced out and not really bunched together. So missing fairways won't be as penal as it is on many other courses on tour. Uh, I think the big reason why it's a little bit tougher, even though the rough isn't that large that tall uh, off the fairway um you know it's bermuda rough uh so you, you know you can get a lot of flyer lies a lot of balls that sink to the bottom makes distance control really tricky especially when you take into account uh, having to like club down uh, because of the altitude now um you know if golf is wildly they're gonna have to deal with you know rocky native areas desert vegetation for the most part it's still pretty wide open but you've got to hit that fairway um, golfers can still go low if they miss fairways, but seven of the last eight winners were all inside the top 20 in driving accuracy uh, for the week. Uh, Kevin Na was the, the outlier, but he gained like 872 strokes per uh, that week he won. So when you do that, you're just going to win. Um, now, you know, it, you know, when you play this, when you play on approach shots, golfers are going to see large bent grass greens that look fairly flat, save for a few holes uh, that have a lot of slope and undulation. Now, even though the greens look flat here, uh, in Vegas, they are going to be sneaky with how much break they have on the putts. Uh, with the course being built on a downward slope of a valley, um, you know, many putts are going to break more than they look like they will. Some local players say all putts break towards the Vegas Strip, which is in view from the course, uh, because the Strip is the lowest part of the valley. Um, now, golfers miss the greens are going to have to deal with over 50 greenside bunkers spread throughout the course, three-inch high Bermuda rough. Scrambling has been really hard uh, here. So, I mean, that's why you see a lot of the guys – 75% uh, green regulation percentage for the guys that make the cut. Uh, that makes sense. 55% for the guys who don't. Uh, and, and that's because, you know, getting it up and down is not easy uh, at this course. It's around the top 10 most difficult courses on tour when it comes to sand safe percentage and scrambling. Um, now, the greens are average in speed, stint meter rating of around 11. 
Front nine, definitely a little bit more difficult than the back, and the last four holes are probably going to decide the tournament. Lots of risk-reward, drivable par four, reachable par five. Um, you know, a, a par, 17 is a par three with water in play, and 18 is a tough par four. Uh, what are you looking for this week in golfers, Tampa? I'm looking for a, maybe a story to talk about because I think you named all the things I was looking for in stats. But no, it's funny. You talk about drivable greens. You talk about off the tee game. You talk about bomb and gouge. And the only name, the transcendence of him just moving the game completely, like the only name that could come to mind is actually a former winner here, Mr. Bryson DeChambeau. And we didn't talk about it, but I, I know you were following along. That long drive contest, I was fired up. For that, Rick Rungood had all the stuff going there. He was there live asking questions, doing videos, just awesome stuff to see. But, man, everything about that was exciting. I know you you liked it, talked a lot about it on Twitter. Give us your thoughts on that. We didn't get Kenny's story time this week. What do you think? I mean, you know, it was it was fun to watch. I mean, just what he does is it, it, it can transcend the game. I mean, it just brings more eyeballs. I mean, he had 50,000 views on their little shitty PDLA <laughs> Uh, YouTube page. I mean, like the guy just brings eyeballs to the game. And after what he did at the Ryder Cup, being sort of an American hero, a little bit uh, a golf hero, at least uh, when it comes down to it, doing saying everything right. Even his interviews during the uh, during the competition, the long drive competition were good. Uh, having a lot of focus on the other golfers that were uh, in the field instead of him, which is, you know, a great way to be liked, you know, uh, uh, by, in, in, in our society. I mean, you're transferring away, um, your, your good stuff and, you know, pushing that to other people who might not have the opportunity that one has. Um, and so I think, you know, if he keeps going at the pace he's going, he's going to be the face of golf for the next 10 years. And it's something, you know, people are going to hate him. People are going to love him. Uh, that's just the way it's going to be, but he's good for the game. Uh, he brings eyeballs to the game, and whenever he's in contention, whenever he's doing whatever he needs to do uh, on the weekends, he, if it's blowing up and shooting a 44 on the back of the U.S. Open, or if it's out there, you know, whooping ass by crushing Wingfoot, uh, one of the most difficult courses out there, he's going to bring eyeballs to the game. And uh, I, I look, you know, his growth uh, as a person because I think it's already been happening. Uh, I think he's realized that. You know, he can't say what he said before. He can't say some of the stupid stuff that he said. Um, he's sort of gotten rid of a lot of the science talk. Um, he, I haven't heard much about yeah. much of that. Um, it's sort of a shame that that sort of makes him, uh, that puts him off for some people. Because, I mean, you know, with, with, with a lot of sports, it's not really science, but like analytic stats and stuff like that. I mean, why can't you bring science into it? Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I guess it's just because he brings it about in sort of like a, I know everything type of way. Uh, and that's not very likable, uh, but it sort of seems like he's down that talk a little bit. I mean, I think he's getting coached, which is a great thing um, either by sponsors or by the people inside his, his group. Um, and I think, I think he can do something and grow this game even bigger than what it is. Yeah. I love that analysis. I think it's so funny to see, like, I I'm open about this. I've never flip-flopped more on a guy ever i don't think in golf like it's one thing to like ricky fowler and then just say he's a loser now because he's not winning tournaments or doing anything special we'll talk about him later but i'm talking about just like you said from a perception attitude the way he speaks it's like you said it's almost like he was coached and it is you know kind of sad like i said you can't just be yourself in the way of stats analytics it happens in daily fantasy they call them nerds spreadsheet warriors opto bros whatever it might be if that's just who you are and that's how you analyze data and go use it then so be it he should be able to be himself but it's some of the other stuff he's talked about but like i said kenny i have never 
flip-flop more. It's almost like if someone tried to call him Brooksy right now, it would just be laughable. Like, you're the loser for calling him that because the way he's already flipped it, which is unbelievable from where you think it was just a few weeks back. And it was almost like you you felt bad for the guy. You're like, is he going to go jump off a bridge after this event because he's just sad and the playoff loss and all those things where I even teased it out and joked like the the old saying about him in five years, he's either going to be a major champion or in a straitjacket somewhere. It almost was like it was time. Like he was really losing control, it felt like. And then just not even close to the truth. He goes up to the Ryder Cup, completely changes it, has a great time. You could tell he was having so much fun. He has always been, I know it was talked about in the past, good with the fans. It's just for whatever reason, it wasn't shown that way. And that's why he had a problem with media. And then, you know, all the stuff with the teammates at the Ryder Cup, it was really not even close to the Patrick Reed situation where, like, you remember JT in the sand that year being like, Patty, like this, right? And he was made fun of him cheating in the sand and stuff. But that was more like shots, like a little poked fun, but definitely taking shots because they don't really like Patrick Reed, you can tell. With Bryson, it's totally different. I think things really have changed, so it's good to see for him. And then, like you said, the way he was bringing up just the other long drivers, the competition in general, the game of golf, Man, what, what an incredible way to flip it, and also what an incredible talent. The amount he was putting within the wires there, within the lines, to keep it going and just putting the, that ball speed and putting the length on it out there, just great to see. So, anyway, we can talk about it all day. I just think I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was fun. Another, you know, just a different thing to put it out there and a way for Bryson to make his name that much better, and it's been crazy to see the roller coaster that he's been on. We are going to get into the tears. We are going to talk about this week. Before we get into it, I do want to remind you guys of a special offer we've got from DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a week five offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code FGD, throw just $1 on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code FGD, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, NJIN or PA only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so let's get to these tiers in this 10K range. You actually got six guys, Willie Z all the way to Kepka. Uh, how are you going about this week? Yeah, I'm not sure about the Willie Z thing after I just talked about him. Webb, I actually bet Webb this week, so spoiler alert for later. But I don't know, though. I'm leaning towards the two guys in the middle, actually. Hovland, answer. The stats look good. Answer, especially. One thing I'll say about Abe, always love Honest Abe anyway, as it is. Just love his game. Was excited to see him get the win. Wasn't on him that week. Uh, hard to bet him at these numbers. Like, I don't really, like, last week, I'll just give this, I'll say this piece as well. Like, when Sam Burns wins at 18 or 16 to one, I really don't give a fuck. Like I could care less about 16 to one. It's not like I, I, it's not a big win, but to me, it's just, I'm happy for you. If you won on it, it doesn't throw me off. Like I'm pissed when Keith Mitchell got his first win at 150 or 200 to one at the Honda after I'd bet him a bunch of times at that number that pisses me off. 
I'm happy for Burns guys that are on him and, and hitting on him, but it doesn't make me, you know, mad about it. So answer, I don't care about that. I just think his game is that good. And one thing we've seen, I talked about it earlier, but Homa, Finau, Burns, these guys that are getting wins and then picking up other wins, you know, like I, not Finau yet, but I do feel he's been that close that many times, finally got the monkey off his back. When we see him again, I think we'll see more out of him. Burns though, prime example. He's, he's just on it now. Homa on it. I feel like that's going to be answer. And I feel like he's definitely going to contend if not win here. So I do like answer at 10-4. I like Hovland. And I know about Burns last time, you know, after his win had a good outing, but I don't, I don't know, almost 11K again. It's hard for me to go back to. Less people will, so I can see why you'd go there. I, I just think long-term Hovland and answer are still better and hard to go to Brooks up at the very top too, but he's the one I might be able to be convinced on. As of right now, Hovland and answer for me. Uh, we're in the same boat here. Uh, first off, answer is my first cash game cornerstone. Uh, the accuracy is there. Uh, par four scoring is actually pretty important here. Uh, if you look at the past winners, they've, they've excelled at the par fours. He's first in the field in strokes game par four in the last 50 rounds. Uh, you know, tons of birdies, uh, you know, pretty good with his wedge play. Tita Green solid, iron game solid. I, I like Abe uh, as my first cash game cornerstone. That's what I'm going with. Again, I like Hovland. He's ranked number one in my model. Uh, first in birdie or better percentage. Uh, in this field, last 50 rounds, top six in what birdie or better strokes gain approach, DraftKings points, T to green, 125 to 150, where you're going to see a lot of uh, shots. Uh, you're going to see a lot of shots, 125 to 150, 150 to 175, and and you know, and then also strokes gain part four. Uh, he's, he's sixth in that, so uh, I think I'm going to go with those two definitely. And the nine K range is so stacked. Uh, that you can make uh, that I don't know if I'm going to go with anyone else in the 10k range. Uh, like I said, when it comes to this type of an event where it's a birdie fest, these top dogs sort of lose their edge uh, a little bit when they say, say they're playing a more difficult course uh, because everyone, these guys are pros. They can birdie 25 times when the conditions are easy. Uh, and so it sort of limits the uh, possible upside of these, of these higher ranked golfers uh, in this field. So I think I'm going to stick with two of these guys. Uh, you know, Hovland's going to be a bunch. Answer's going to be my cash game cornerstone. I can get talked into Burns uh, because it seems like when he's hot, he stays hot. Uh, but I don't know if I want to go there uh, quite yet. So, uh, you know, I talked myself into him last week. I, I have to talk myself into him uh, on Wednesday to actually roster him. We'll have to see uh, how that goes. But those two guys, me and you are on the same page. Uh, and that's how I'm going to go in the 10K range, the 9K range. Uh, second cash game cornerstone. This is going to be my shout out to uh, Steve Bamford. I, I couldn't decide on, on these people. I mean, I had English M, Scheffler. I mean, all these guys are viable, and I just couldn't pick one out of two. I was just racking my brain, and then I read Steve's article, and he had Hideki as one of his. Um, one of his bets. I was like, all right, I'm just going to go with Steve Bamford. I'm going to go with somebody who's sharper than me. Uh, you know, came in sixth to Fortnite, uh, Fortinet uh, championship a, a few weeks ago. Uh, again, you know, iron play is always solid. Wedge play is always good. Um, so, you know, par five, par, you know, par four scoring is decent. Uh, I'm going to go with Hideki. I think he has a couple, he had a top 10 here and a 16th and then missed a cut last year. Um, uh, but I think he's playing a little bit better than he was last year at this moment, at this time. So he's going to be my second cast game cornerstone. Um, I like Usti a lot. I mean, the guy, you know, he's just 
a lot of it's been done with the putting, but I mean, you know, he's still not horrible with his iron. He's still top 25 in this field with his iron play in the last 50 rounds, even though his third and putting that duo, that combo is always going to do well. Uh, again, really strong on par fours as well. So I like Usti. And then I'm going to play uh, probably the two Koreans in the bottom, Sungjae. Um, uh, again, I think he had a pretty good finish here last year. Uh, hits a ton of fairways. Uh, a little worried about his iron play this past week. Uh, so maybe I won't be as as highly owned as I, I had him last week. I think somebody was my highest owned last week. Uh, and, and his iron play sort of gave out on the weekend. It's a little bit worrisome because he gets sort of streaky when it comes to that. So I could see a fade uh, for Sunday, but you know, I got to represent my Korean brethren up there. And then we're going to, we're going to go Kevin Na, uh, it, it basically a home event for him. He knows these greens probably better than anyone. He gained 972 strokes putting when he won here. Uh, a couple weeks, a couple years ago. So uh, I'll go with Nah. Also, who you like? So much for your Korean brethren. You said I'm going to play the two Koreans at the bottom, and completely left out Siwoo Kim, who's also at the bottom of the 9K range. No love for your boy Siwoo. Yeah, I mean, I think I might play him, but I don't know. I, I can't play everyone in this range. So I just had to note it that you threw him under the bus there. Yeah, so that's okay. I threw him on him. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, by Wednesday, it's possible that I play Siwoo and says Sungjae. Uh, just looking at him more, I mean, just thinking about it a little bit more. His iron play is really, really, really You can build a nice lineup with all year. three. A nice yeah, little balanced only 9K guys, three 9K guys, and then fit everybody yep. else in. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not as high on this range, actually. I know it's got guys in it. I'm going to be heavy on the 8K range this week, go a little more balanced. But I do think uh, Scheffler stands out to me quite a bit. Scotty Tuhati, this guy just dominated at the Ryder Cup, took the point down from the world number one, John Rahm. All the boys were loving him. And he's out there watching these guys collect their second wins now. And I know it's not like he's been on tour forever. I'm just saying you're watching Sam Burns. Homa's picking up his third. Uh, Answer is getting his W. Like just watching all these guys in the same field as him go out and get their W's that he plays with often uh, has to feel good coming off that Ryder Cup. So maybe he goes out and does the job, gets it done here. I do like Scotty Scheffler. I like Matsuyama. He's back under 10K, which seems odd for a guy as good as he is. So I'll definitely play some Matsuyama. We got to hope he gets hot, but we know when he does, what he can perform like and what he can do. 9,500, completely fair price. Good with his wedge game too. So on those shorter par fours or those spots he's got going in, we know he's going to get the opportunities. It's just whether or not his putter shows up, but that's why you play him. Because when the putter does show up, we've got the upside. Uh, and then not really high on much else. I, I'm with you a little bit on Sungjae. I like him. And then the other guy you mentioned, Louis O. I thought you had said to me pre-show off air, don't play Louis O. And now you said you love him. So maybe that wasn't you, but I'll tell you what, uh, I, I do like Louis O here and he's going to coincide. I'm going to take us into the 8K range with the segue piece from Louis O. And there's two guys, Kenny. There's Louis Oosthuizen and then going into the 8K range, 8,400 Adam Scott. There's something I say every single time this happens with these guys. You go look at where they play and the tournaments they're coming second, third, 15th, 20th, whatever in, and they're the absolute hardest courses, the hardest fields, the toughest everything as far as rankings go and guys that they're up against, and they still do their thing. And now you don't want to play them when they come to a tournament like this? To me, that's crazy, and that's why like it's weird that they're even priced that low. And Adam Scott, say whatever you want about, that's fine. That's a personal preference for me, but I was right about it last time when we had the same conversation. But Louis O, you can't say nothing about. Literally, arguably one of the best players, top five on tour last season when you think about everything that he did. You can't really put it when you've got Rom, Kawa, Cantlay, guys like that. I get it, and it's hard, you know, hard not, you know, hard 
uh, pill for some to swallow. But I would say that Louis O still had one of the better seasons last year that just is going to go overlooked because it's Louis. And sometimes back in the day, he used to withdraw because he didn't bring his mattress. It's just a sad narrative at this point, And he's a great golfer. So I'm going to play Louis still in that range. I, I, think, I, think, I think the big thing about Louis was he didn't win. He sure. had massive chances to win, and he just couldn't get it done on Sundays. He had that, like, six-week stretch where he was in there, like, three three or four times uh, going into that final group, uh, yeah. and he just couldn't pull the trigger. But at 9,900, I mean, yeah, the second place He can, he can get by, and I, and I don't disagree with you, but it's also sort of what we've always had with Finau, and Finau's still been on plenty of winning tournament lineups because just he scores enough. He yep. does his thing. And the thing about Louie is he usually scores enough to do his job and then just doesn't come through on Sunday. Or has like a couple bad holes that screws him, but he's still up there for scoring and he's still in the mix with some positional points. So I like Louis, I like Scheffler, and I like Matsuyama. I like your Adam Scott take a lot. I mean, we talked about that at the window. I mean, if you looked at well, prior to the window, I think I think Adam had that putt to win it uh, at the window, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it was the window. Uh, where uh, he it was. had it was Wyndham, right? And we talked about it that week. Uh, like every tournament he played was like one of the top 10, 15 most difficult courses on tour. Uh, and, and maybe he would do something on an easy course. And Wyndham's a lot easier course. He did his thing. He should have won. Uh, this is probably one of the easiest courses on tour. Uh, and, you know, with his ball striking, I, I, you know, hopefully he brings the broomstick out and puts, you know, a little bit below average and he'll have a chance uh again so i like your adam scott to keep going on the ak range i know you were going to go with it yeah and i'll continue one more thing about him is everybody and we didn't talk enough about it this is why i bet webb but i feel like he just gets popular and he's expensive we'll see I'm, i might still put webb in because i'm playing mostly 8k guys so i can still fit him in but webb pretty much dominates the shriners when you look uh you know won it back in 13 as a couple other top fives you know, things like that. Adam Scott at the Wyndham, another place that obviously Webb dominates, comes out and gets a second. So if you like Webb, you could like, you could like Adam Scott for the same reason. So I like that. Uh, but this 8K range is loaded for me, Kenny. I think all these guys, again, are just guys that could have been priced in the 9K range and it wouldn't have shocked me. Like Paul Casey, Corey Connors, uh, Corey Connors especially. I know he fell off a little bit last week, but his game is just too good. Jason Kokrak, Another guy had a great year last year. Uh, Neiman, usually like him on bent grass. Like, this is a spot you can go back to Neiman. And then Charlie Hoffman just seems low. 8,100, just crazy low price. So that's some of the guys I like in here. I'm not going to name everybody, but that's the guys that I like the most. And when I only have five or six guys above them, it's easy to still have a tight player pool this week and work all these guys in at weight or overweight for the field. So I, I like all of these guys in this range that I mentioned there. Yeah, my third cascade cornerstone is Corey Connors. The accuracy off the tee, the, the his his pension for good iron play, it's perfect uh, for this course. I, I know, I think he missed the cut last year, but uh, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, so I really like Corey Connors, my third cash game cornerstone. Um, I, I have a feeling about Reed this week, just because he, he's going to want to show people, uh, you know, that they fucked up, even though they won. You know, he's he's going to want. He has sort of like that, that that mental mind frame, I think, where it comes to it, where he has to prove himself, sort of like Bryson. Uh, and, and this is his perfect spot for him to do it. Uh, the thing is, you know, I know it's difficult around the greens at this at this course. Uh, if he does miss some greens, you know, his up and down play should be able to help. And if he hits the greens, you know, he, he's for long term, he's been one of the best putters uh, in the game. So I, I do like Patrick Reed. I think he'll make some noise. I'm a big fan of Adam Scott uh, this week. I like him. I like Matthew Wolf once again. He finished second year last year. I know he doesn't fit like the driving accuracy type 
uh, performance that we've seen from the majority of the winners here in the last few years. Uh, but it seems like his game is trending upward. It's sort of down and up, down and up, but his ups are pretty high. Uh, he had that nice finish uh, the last couple of days. I think he finished, what, 12 under uh, on the weekend this past week. Uh, so I, I like Matthew Wolf a lot in this range as well. Uh, let's move on to the 7K range. I'm going to start off with Aaron Wise. Uh, he played pretty well last year, Vegas native. Uh, I, I think the price is more than fair uh, for him. And one of the top birdie makers uh, in this field, top 10 in Tita Green uh, in, in in the last 50 rounds in this field, and he's $7,900. Of course, it all comes down to putting, but you have to think that, you know, the reason why a lot of these golfers live in this Vegas area is because of uh, the two TPC courses that they have uh, here. And so, you know, he has to get a lot of work done here. He has to know these greens pretty well. Uh, so I am a fan of Aaron Wise. Um, other guys, I like Brian Harmon. Uh, he's played pretty well here in the past. Again, accurate off the tee. Uh, he, he's been playing decent golf. It hasn't been great, but you always see him pop every now and then. Uh, so I like Brian Harmon. Uh, I'm going to go back to Thigla. Uh, he showed a lot. I mean, the guy has a lot of talent. Being, I think he was one of the top amateur players in the world. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and go ride him at 7,500. I mean, the price seems more unfair uh, after what he did last week. Who do you like up top? Yeah, one more thing on Reed. I didn't mention him, but he does fit the bill too. For we talked about it. I think it might have been pre-show. I can't remember at this point now. It's all blending together. But uh, you know the the narratives of Sam Burns not making the team for Ryder Cup. I read an article today talked about. By the way, Sam Burns, like Brooks, has a brother named Chase. If you didn't know, a little tidbit for the week. Chase Burns was featured in the article talking about his brother Sam. So uh, you know that interesting fact. Brooks has his brother Chase Kepka. He's got his brother, Chase Burns. But if you talk about guys that didn't make the Ryder Cup team that thought they were going to, I don't know why Billy Horschel thought he was going to, but he did get a win a couple of weeks ago in Europe right after on the Euro Tour after the Ryder Cup. And then you also have, uh, after he wasn't picked, and, and then you've got Sam Burns coming out saying that that call is what motivated him. He said, you know, obviously maybe he wasn't meant for it this year, but he wants to make sure on it, he, uh, make sure he's on the team next time around and goes and does it. That would definitely fit the bill for Patrick Reed. Like you said, talk about a guy that can get a hot putter it does make sense. In the 7K range, a few guys stand out. I like the wise call. I didn't really come through for people last week. Still had a good week, but not the week everybody wanted. So maybe they'll go down a little bit on him as far as ownership's concerned. I like what we've seen out of Streelman lately. I think we can play him and just the past season in general. I'm going to some of the other guys that we usually like, though. I like your Harmon call, but Mav McNeely, always like this guy. This would be another spot. He just let me down a couple weeks ago there when he got, uh, what was it? Second or third? Second. And then Mito got third. Not as high on Mito this week, but McNeely for sure. Taylor Gooch. I don't know what the WD was last week when he withdrew, but back in the field this week at 7,600 talent upside combination that I love. He's right there. Seamus Power, another guy, uh, Emiliano Grillo. I think these guys fit the bill. And then a couple more stabs here, Kenny. Cam Davis. I do like him. Taylor Moore had a pretty good week last week. And then the last guy I'll bring up is Troy Merritt. Another guy you and I have talked about in the past. When do we want to play Troy Merritt? When he's cheap. When do we want to play Troy Merritt? When he's cheap. When he's cheap at a birdie fest. This is what we have this week. I think it's seven of the last eight or something. We're 20 under or better. So that's where we want Troy Merritt at 7,100. So I really like him to round up this range at 7K even. Yeah, I like a lot of the guys at 7K for going down below. The Ches Reevy, Norlander, Cameron Young. I mean, Young came in, you know, runner-up or third 
this past week, you're going to get him for $7,000. I mean, that's worth a flyer just to see if he can come back and have that game once again. Norlander uh, had a really, really strong weekend. Uh, when it comes down to, uh, you know, approach game and ball striking, the guy is there. It's just, of course, he's one of the worst putters out there, but maybe he can do something uh, when it comes down to it. He's played this event a couple of times, I think. So, uh, and then uh, Revy again, accurate off the tee and iron game is strong. So I like those guys down below. I like your merit call. I'll play a little party, Marty Laird. Uh, coming off a win, living in Vegas, uh, has a residence here, knows the course well. I mean, I don't see why he can't go out there and play well again, and especially pay off his pay, uh, his his uh, price tag at what seventy two hundred, seventy one hundred. Uh, so I like him a lot. What are we doing with Fowler this week? Not playing him ever. Yeah, no. uh, I don't I think. Mean, it's, I, I just don't think you ever need to play him if he if he wins. Good for him. It'd be like great for golf. Let him win. Let him have a comeback and be speeth and, and do his thing. And it w- wouldn't be like a speed thing because no majors, obviously, but just coming back with the name value that he has, fine. Uh, just too many other guys there, though, Kenny. Like I said, I, I like Cam Davis. I like Taylor Moore. I don't mind your Laird call. And then I forgot about the guys at 7K. I actually have different choices besides Revy, who we both like. I actually like Ian Poulter quite a bit as a guy that makes sense and can obviously get hot with a putter. Uh, if the approach game's on, he does hit fairways. He's got good wedge game. I think all of this could make sense. And then Ryan Moore, UNLV uh, graduate. I think Ryan Moore makes sense at the bottom at 7K as well. So uh, that's where I kind of rounded out here. Not a lot of guys in the 6K, but I got a few. Who are you on here in the 6K range? Uh, I mean, my first is my cash game cornerstone. Of course, I'm going with the punt play, three studs and a punt. So my punt this week is going to be Adam Hadwin. Uh, You know, first couple of rounds, he was really strong last week. Uh, You know, he's been hitting his drive a lot better. He's been pretty accurate off the tee. Uh, really good track record here uh, over the years. So I'm going to go ahead and t- take Adam Hadwin as my fourth cash game cornerstone. So my cash game cornerstones this week, uh, they're going to be uh, Abe answer at 10,400. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama at 9,500. Corey Connors at 8,800. And Adam Hadwin at uh, 6,800. It's going to leave you uh, about 14.5 left. And, you know, like I said, we went over a lot of plays in that lower 7K range. So I don't think it's going to be a problem filling out the rest of your lineup. Other guys I do like uh, in this range, I think I want to give Francisco Molinari a little bit of a try this week. Uh, you know, one of the course, he has a uh, 61 here in the past. Um, you know, it seems like he's been playing just a little bit better. Uh, you know, in his last 12 rounds, he's been, you know, first in strokes game part five. Uh, top five from 150 to 175. Uh, I'll give him another shot uh, to see if he can rebound a little bit from where he's been. Uh, Seaweed Doug is another guy uh, that I will play this week. Again, you know, accurate off the tee. Iron game, extremely strong at this price. I think it's worth taking a flyer on a guy uh, like that. Other guys down here, uh, Scott Piercy is a guy that I'll play. Uh, good track record here. Vegas native, knows this course very, very well. Uh, go ahead. There was some more I got, but who do you like? Yeah, some flop leg candidates there. You mentioned Doug Gim. Chad Ramey is another one there. Everyone liked him last week. No one will like him this week. Could bounce back. If you're playing Molinari, I feel like you might as well just get Fowler in the same lineup and just hope that the double comeback happens. Because I know he's, you know, you could say the stats show a little bit for Molinari, but ah, oh God, I couldn't do that to myself. I like Hadwin, who you mentioned. I like, uh, you know, not as much down here. Russell Knox stands out a little bit, but it sounds almost as bad as Molinari. But a couple guys down at the bottom, I think, that are interesting. So, uh, you know, Brian Stewart d- hasn't done anything lately. But I'll tell you what, when he does something back at the Wyndham, it was like 15th, 6th, 15th, 8th, 30th. When he pops, it's a top 30 or better. 
So I'll take that at his price. And then another guy I said I mentioned would mention earlier when we talked about our guy Sundog Monkey. I actually like this play. I had it ready, loaded up for the pod tonight and for the show, and it was going to be Adam Long. And then I go look at his notes after, just before we're getting on, and he's actually got Adam Long this week on his betting card. And he just got 29th at the Sanderson Farms. Another guy, though, misses so many cuts, but when he makes his cuts, this is what it is. Everything else is a miscut, but everything between 29th, 25th, 23rd, 26th, 20th, 22nd. I could keep going on. 3rd, 30th. You just hope when he makes the cut because when he does, he typically carries over and he gets a good feeling for the week. Whatever his weekend regimen is, it sounds like it's pretty good because he stays strong enough over the weekend to hold. So I don't know about the 250 to one. I'm obviously tailing it. I'll get to that in the bets just because our boy Martin, Sundog Monkey, is so good. And he's coming off the Buckley with Coley that we talked about earlier. So he's feeling these long shots. But I think it's a better top 20 bet once the numbers come out just because when he makes the cut, he typically top 20. So I'll ride that a little bit into the weekend as well. Not much else for me down here, Kenny. I like a lot of those guys in the lower 7K range instead. Um, there's a few guys down here. It's just me. I mean, Aaron Rye, pretty accurate off the tee. Uh, you know, w- w- did pretty well on the European tour. Got his tour card here this past year. Probably not a well-known guy. He'll get a you know a couple percent owned. Uh, Chesson Adley's played well here in the past. We're not too far removed from him almost winning an event uh, a few months ago. Uh, so I can go back to him. Um, Seth Reeves had a pretty good start to the last week. Um, so, you know, I, I can go back to him at this price. Uh, and uh, Hank the Tank at 6,300. I know he's been struggling here lately, but I mean, he was the darling here about a month and a half ago, two months ago. And now he's plummeted all the way to 6,300. If he gets some of his form back, uh, he can make some noise. So I do like Hank the Tank at uh, $6,300. Um, anybody else? Should we get to the bets? Uh, one one more guy I'll bring up. I, I always play him, so I, ha- I feel like I have to bring him up. He's really good. Uh, you know, doesn't make a lot of bogeys, so and he can score for sure. Is Mark Hubbard much better on bent grass? And then if you look at his recent form, just coming off, so 16th at the Fortinet, really solid numbers across the board. 16th at the 3M Open, 20th at the Barbersall, 13th at the Travelers. Like he can definitely put up a good finish, and only uh, one missed cut at the Rocket Mortgage, dating all the way back to May at the Wells Fargo. So I think he makes a lot of sense for cheap. He's uh, who's his that? Best Hubbard? Hubbard, yeah. His best Hubbard. surface is bent, and he can make, he hits a lot of fairways. So, you know, I think he's a good guy to play at 6,100 that we would definitely play in these types of fields. And then maybe Adam Svensson for a little bounce back. I know he you know, hurt a lot of people last week with that missed cut, but uh, the only Canadian that didn't come through and at least make the cut, I think, was him. So maybe bounce back with him down here at 62. Yeah, I, I just realized I have two Canadians in my Cascade Cornerstone, so – uh, old Canada. Let's go, let's get it done this week. And no Koreans, right? No Koreans, no Koreans. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, do our bets for this week. I'll go ahead first. I'm um, starting off with Decky at 28 to one. Uh, Corey Connors at 35 to one. Uh, Matthew Wolf at 40 to one. Uh, Thigala at a hundred to one. Uh, Norlander 130 to one. Hadwin 150 to one. Okay, I don't hate it. Uh, I mentioned earlier I got Webb, 25, bet that just right out of the gate. And then, like I said, just looking at some other stuff. I Obviously, he's fine. I just There's so many guys that range. I just felt like he was the better talent. So I went with him there. Um, Scott, 45, thinking back to the Wyndham where he basically should have won, and I bet him there. I'm going back to him again just because of that, so I like that. McNeely, try him on again at 60 with a top five each way. 
Higo, a guy I forgot to mention in the 6K range, just as far as it's just pure talent play. Obviously, he's very good, young, up-and-comer, makes a lot of sense, win already. I think he's the guy to go back to here. So Higo at 150 with the top five each way. And then our guy Sundog got long at 250. Uh, I got it at 350 to one on my book. So I'm, I'm going to bet him at 350 to one here with the top five each way. The bonus bet, Kenny, of the week. Others are on him, but I'm definitely tailing and bringing it along. Forget who I saw it posted at first, but Padraig Harrington. All this talk we mentioned about the Ryder Cup, the bounce back. I mean, even Terrell Hatton, after the loss, almost won last week. I mean, so. all three of those guys who went over for a year finished top 10. Yeah, Lowry. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, basically that's what I was seeing. Uh, Padraig Harrington, his debut on the Champions Tour. When Lefty debuted, he won. When Furyk debuted, he won. Can Padraig do it? I don't know, but I'll find out at 25 to 1. More just a fun bet, like I talked about earlier. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care if I missed out on his Champions Tour debut at 25 to 1, but it's just fun. And I like the narrative, so I'm betting it. All right, that sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. I think it's already out. Uh, of course, preview stats, trends, stuff to look for. And then Wednesday, I'll have my final betting card, any updates to the cash game. Cornerstones are my favorite single GPP play in each price range. Uh, go ahead, check it out. Seven-day free trial, no risk. Uh, that includes all sports. You go check out uh, GupsCorner.com. Yeah, shout out to Gup, too. I thought about this earlier in the article that just made me laugh was Chase Burns, the aforementioned Chase Burns, said at the bottom of the article to Katie Bar the door when, when, his guy, when his brother gets hot. And that's a Gup saying. So maybe you know, I still I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it's so good, man. Still no clue good. what that means. And I know, said like, it in the bottom I know of the we're getting drunk when it, he says it. <laughs> but I don't know what that means, really, still. Yeah, it made me laugh for sure. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you guys have any questions. And definitely get on over to Run Pure Sports, runpuresports.com. You can use promo code DGEN50. Get yourself 50% off your first month's payment. Try it out. Get in the Discord there. A lot going on, a lot of good guys, and a lot of content. It's one price for every sport. NFL is going full steam, but NBA is coming back. We've got PGA, all my final stuff that I do when it comes to golf and PGA in general is on the Wednesday night show that I host over there, premium show. So head on over there and check it out. Runpuresports.com. Use promo code DGEN50. All right, so it's the Vegas swing. Luck be a lady tonight. Let's win some motherfucking money. DGEN Nation.